Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hey, Rethink Life Church family and those of you that are joining with us today. Hey, it's an honor to have you join with us live here online and I have some super exciting news I want to share with you. But before I do, hey, click those share buttons, spread the word, get those friends and coworkers and neighbors engaged with us here at Rethink Life so they can experience everything you're experiencing. Now, here's the good news. The good news is is that someone approached me a couple of weeks ago and asked me a question. They said, Pastor Rodney, why do you not live stream your services from the auditorium there at Lake Nona High School? So I went on to explain to him um, the reason why, that we didn't have the equipment, we didn't really have the, you know, the personnel, but we just didn't have the equipment, therefore we didn't have the money to purchase the necessary equipment. Long story short, this individual said, well, I want to lead the way. He said, you've got $5,000 from me. And did you know that just from a couple of weeks ago, because of one man's faith and, and really just his generous heart and spirit, to date, just two weeks ago, from today, we are now at $10,000 from others who have stepped in and said, hey, this is too important. We need to live stream from the auditorium of Lake Nona High School so that the whole world can experience everything we do there in our in-person experiences. And so we are shy of $3,000 from meeting this, this urgent need. And I just want to invite you, if you don't, listen, if you would do me a huge favor, would you just pray and ask God what he would have you do? If God would lead you to give over and above maybe what you normally do in, in the way of supporting um, our ministry here at Rethink Life through your tithe and your offerings, but you'd like to give a one-time gift over and above to help us reach this goal through our live stream, go to RethinkLife.com, go to our Give page, and you can simply designate your gift. It just says live stream. Make sure you earmark it for that. You can also send in a donation uh, to our PO box. All that information there is on our website. But listen, we are praying that we're going to be able to come to you not from a studio, but ultimately from the auditorium of Lake Nona High School, where you can experience the worship, you can experience the message live exactly the way those who get to experience our, our, our uh, services there in person. So we're excited about it. Please pray about it. And we can't wait to see what God does. I'll keep you posted as soon as we reach that exciting goal. Well, today we're in part two of a series we're calling Ignite. We're talking about what it means to live a spirit-filled life. And, you know, that's a big statement when you think about it, because, you know, as a follower of Jesus, and, you know, you may be watching for the first time, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe this is something you're considering. Maybe you've been spiritually seeking. You have some spiritual questions that you're trying to figure out. Maybe you're not 100% sure what it really means to have a relationship with God. Well, I know this message today may be somewhat geared to those who already have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but don't, whatever you do, don't stop watching because I believe that God's going to use this message to speak to your heart as well and hopefully answer some of those questions you have. But here's the thing that I want to share with you, and this is really in the form of a question, especially to those of you who already have a relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the question is this, as a follower, have you ever felt like that no matter how hard you try to do all the right things as far as, you know, living the Christian life, for whatever reason, you still can't seem to live the Christian life in a way that you know you could or should when it comes to truly pleasing God. Well, as a pastor and as someone who's been a believer for a long, long time, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, that's me. Because at the end of the day, I think we'll all agree to the fact that it is impossible to live the Christian life on our own, no matter how hard we try. As a matter of fact, I'm convinced that one of the reasons why so many people end up choosing to walk away from their faith is simply because in their mind they think, well, I tried that Christian life thing, but it just didn't work for me. Well, here's the problem. The problem is, is they had a very important principle confused. There's a big difference between trying to do things for God and living a life with God. You see, it's all about a relationship. And that's exactly what happened to me when I was 18 years of age. I was like some who were spiritually seeking. I knew about Jesus up here, but I didn't have a relationship with him in here in my heart. And my prayer that today is that maybe you'll transfer that knowledge of what you know up here and you'll experience a relationship in here in your heart today. And if you're a believer, my prayer is that you will maybe have some dots connected in your heart and life when it comes to the key of living victorious so that you can walk each and every day with that confidence and really that power that you need to live victoriously, to overcome a lot of the things that so often sabotages our lives and causes us to live in discouragement or even defeat in our lives. In John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, Jesus said these words to his disciples. And he had been warning them that he was going to be phys- phys- excuse me, physically leaving this world and he was going to return to heaven to be with the Father. And he said in verse 16 and 17, he said, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But listen to this. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus, once again, was underscoring the fact that he was getting ready to leave, but the Father was going to send someone in his absence. And who was that? It was the person of the Holy Spirit who was going to live and dwell inside of every person's life. What you need to understand is that the Holy Spirit, when you hear that phrase, the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit is God, and the person of the Holy Spirit, God Himself, you need to know, lives and dwells inside of you. And if you missed last last week, go back and watch week one, because I unpacked just that statement in and of itself about the coming promise, okay? But today I want to take it a step further, because today I want to talk to you more specifically about what it means to live a spirit-filled life. Living a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit on a day-by-day basis. Because that is the key. See, Jesus already knew 
that because these disciples were so dependent upon him physically being with them, they leaned on him for everything, for wisdom, for understanding, for boldness, for courage. You see, it was easy for them to live out their faith and to walk out their faith while Jesus was still with them. But Jesus knew in advance that when he left and they were on their own, there was no way they could make it on their own because life was going to be too hard. It was going to get complicated. Things were going to come against them. He knew that they would face all kinds of trials and hardships, hard aches. He knew that they would face temptation. They would be under persecution. There would be times when they would become discouraged and defeated. There would be moments when they would be tempted to want to walk out and check out, like I mentioned a few moments ago, like a lot of other people have done when it comes to walking out on their faith. Because in their mind, they're thinking, well, I tried to do all of these things, but once again, they forget it's about a relationship. So these men, these early Christians, these men and women, both alike, they had this relationship with Jesus. And because he was physically there, it was a lot easier for them, once again, to live in victory. However, when Jesus left, what did he say? He said, the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to be the helper. And he's not just going to be with you, not only his presence, but he's also saying he's going to live inside of you. In other words, the spirit of the living God is going to empower you to live your life each and every day through the power that the Holy Spirit provides for us. So there's a command in the scriptures that references the fact that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, there are three reasons why we ought to live a spirit-filled life. And the first is this, and that is because the Bible commands it. You see, all the way up um, to this point, the Holy Spirit had not come. But in Acts chapter 1, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, in fact, let me back up and say, Jesus told the disciples to wait until the Holy Spirit came. As a matter of fact, there were 120 believers that gathered in a room called the upper room. They prayed and they waited. And then suddenly the spirit of the living God came. And in Acts chapter 2, known as the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit shows up. And the Holy Spirit in that moment invaded these 120 believers. The Holy Spirit came to live and indwell. They were baptized by the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, the Bible says these holy, excuse me, these early believers were emboldened by the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other languages because people from around the world were there. And supernaturally, it became a sign. It became an evidence that the Holy Spirit had arrived and had filled these early believers with his presence and with his power. They began to do supernatural things. Well, guess what? That same power lives inside of you, even to this day. And you need to understand that it is impossible for us to live victorious apart from the person of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. See, what you need to understand is the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be a reservoir in our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to be a river that flows through our lives. And so because he's in you, he wants to flow through you so that you can do those things that you could never accomplish in your own strength. 
What's interesting, all the way up through, in fact, in the, in, uh, the book of Acts, um, w- one of the things that you'll notice um, is that there's a lot of references when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And basically what that meant was that was, the, that was the first coming. It was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in a person's life at that point of salvation. But it, but it wasn't until after um, the passages there in chapter 19 where the language basically shifts. And what you find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, the Apostle Paul said these words. He said, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So in essence, some translations use the word to be led by the Spirit. So we're to walk, we're to be led. In other words, we're to allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, to help guide our lives so that we are once again walking in relationship, practicing His presence. And as we're being led by Him, we are also allowing His power to flow through our lives. And what he said was, is that the purpose for this is so that you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I find that if I'm not walking moment by moment with the awareness of the presence of God, and I'm not living completely dependent upon Him, and I take my focus and I start focusing on other things, I start putting other priorities before God. I allow other things to suddenly become a distraction to me. Then what happens is I lose my focus. And so therefore, I start doing things. I start saying things. In other words, I begin to have an attitude and a perspective that suddenly is manifesting itself that basically is all about me. It is gratifying and satisfying the things that I want to do. You know why? Because I'm focused on myself. I'm allowing other things to take up, you know, to take up precedence in my life rather than walking in that relationship and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me and to lead me moment by moment, day by day in my life. And that's the reason why, once again, the Apostle Paul made this statement to a group of believers in the book of Ephesians. And he said in in chapter 5, verse 18, he said, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. But notice, he said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting is that that word be filled in the original language it is referencing what is what is it for those of you who are who are uh, grammar geeks. Okay, what it actually is in the original language is actually depicting is a present participle, which simply means is that it is a message that is interpreted more accurately to say that we are to continuously or keep on being filled. So we are baptized. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes one time to live and indwell and take up residence in our hearts. However, as believers, in an ongoing way, as we're walking in relationship, practicing His presence, allowing Him to lead us 
and to guide us so that we won't gratify the desires of our flesh? The Apostle Paul is saying that's why we need to be continuously filled. We need to keep on being filled so that the Spirit's power does not dissipate. In other words, power leaks. Did you hear me? Power leaks. How does that happen? Sin. How does that happen? Distractions. How does, how does power dissipate? Well, it dissipates because I'm allowing other things to substitute the very power of God. But it's also kind of like alcohol. Alcohol does what? Alcohol dissipates over a period of time. You see, a person can drink and they can be filled, they can consume to the point of being intoxicated with alcohol. But here's the issue with alcohol. Alcohol takes control of a person. When a person is under the influence and they're intoxicated, when they are filled up with their blood alcohol content to the point to where their mind and their body and their spirit is now under the control of alcohol. Well, what Paul the Apostle was emphasizing is that just like being intoxicated with alcohol, which causes a person to be under the control of a foreign substance, he's saying, allow the Holy Spirit to consume you. Allow the Holy Spirit to intoxicate you. Allow the Holy Spirit to influence you so that you are controlled and dominated and influenced by the presence and the power of Almighty God. And to do that in an ongoing way. Why? Because once again, power leaks. So we got to understand Paul the Apostle underscored the importance and the priority of being filled and continuously be filled on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. The second thing that we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit is our source of power. It's our power source. In fact, I love what it says in John 15, verse 5. Jesus said it this way. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is emphasizing, once again, the relationship of being connected. Once again, of being in relationship, being with him in close unity and relationship. Because the moment that stops, then what happens? The power supply suddenly stops. Now, one of the things that Michelle likes for me to do around our house is use our vacuum cleaner. And most guys probably don't like to use the vacuum cleaner, but I don't know, I may be a little weird, but I actually kind of enjoy it. Somewhat therapeutic for me. I always like to use the vacuum cleaner and, you know, I'll kind of use it and get those lines in the carpet, you know, because you can kind of make all those cool effects in the carpet. That's when you know you got a really good vacuum cleaner. But I enjoy doing it. But here's something you need to understand about a vacuum cleaner. And this is also true and consistent with how many of us live out our lives. In fact, check this out. If I try to use this vacuum cleaner, I can spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of energy using this vacuum cleaner. But I will never be able to fully maximize the effectiveness of this vacuum cleaner unless... 
listen to this, unless it is connected to the power source. You see, many of us are trying to live out our lives on our own, but as a result, we're not effective. It's like me trying to use this vacuum cleaner and spending all that wasted time, effort, and energy and getting nothing accomplished. You know why? Because it is not, listen, it is not accomplishing what it is designed to do without it being plugged in to the power source. You see, the moment I take this plug and I plug it into the source of power, then and only then does it give this vacuum cleaner the power that it needs to accomplish what it is designed to accomplish. Well, in the same way, that is exactly the way the Holy Spirit has provided you that same kind of power to live effectively so that you have exactly what you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish in your life so that you can live in victory rather than defeat. You see, Paul the Apostle said it this way in Philippians 4, 13. Many of you probably have maybe used this verse before. Maybe you've seen, you know, football players, they put it on their eye black, you know, under their eyes. And it says these words, I can do all things through Christ who does what? Who strengthens me. So notice, it is through Christ that gives us the power. It is through Christ that gives us the strength that otherwise we cannot manufacture, that we cannot manipulate, that we cannot effectively pull off on our own. You see, without the presence of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and you and me walking continuously, allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through us, it is impossible for us to live out our faith and to have the confidence and the boldness and the strength that we need to live in this world. In fact, I love what the scripture says in Ephesians 3 verse 16. Paul said, and I pray that we would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Isn't that awesome? So every one of us needs to understand that it is absolutely essential that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and not just fill the Holy Spirit, but we are continuously being filled day by day, moment by moment. Why? Because the Bible commands it and the Holy Spirit himself is our source of power. And then the third thing is this, and that is, it is the only way that we can please God. Now I think that's important for us to simply admit, because again, it is not about us trying to do things for God, but rather it is a relationship that we have with God. It is walking and practicing in His presence and allowing His Spirit who lives in us to flow through us so that His super is placed on our natural and we can accomplish those things and we can have the strength and the confidence to overcome the things that the enemy wants to use to defeat our lives. In fact, in Romans 8 verse 5, it says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature 
think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things, but notice, that please God. You see, it all comes down to what you fix your focus on. Did you know your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts? So therefore, if your mind is fixated on the things of this world, if your mind is fixated on the things that are causing you to worry or be fearful or to be stressed or to be overwhelmed, whatever those things are that you're choosing to focus on, well, guess what? That's what's going to cause you to fall into a place of discouragement and defeat. However, when we have the mind of Christ and we're fixing our eyes and we're fixing our focus and fixing our mind on the things of God, well, guess what? It is the Holy Spirit that allows us, when we're thinking those God thoughts, to truly please Him. The scripture also says, as I stated a few moments ago in Galatians 5.16, that we are to walk in the Spirit. In other words, just walk in step with Him. In other words, we are unified with Him and we are allowing Him to lead us, and to guide us, to help navigate our lives. We're going to be talking about that next week when it comes to just how to make decisions that are spirit-led decisions and how do we know when we're actually making spirit-led decisions in our lives. Well, that's next week. But here's what I think is important for us to understand and really the question that we all want to answer, and that is, how do you know? How do you know if you're really filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, there are a lot of signs that was emphasized in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1. And there are other signs, a lot of different kinds of signs that the Bible references when it comes to the different kinds of gifts that God has given to believers and to the church. But you want to know what the primary sign is that a person is continuously being filled? A person who is under the influence? A person who is being dominated by the Holy Spirit? Here is the primary sign that truly separates those who are living the Spirit-filled life. And here it is. The primary sign is known as the fruit of the Spirit. That's it. If you want to know whether or not you're truly being filled with the Holy Spirit, you may want to ask some other people who know you very well and ask them to speak into that question. Because it'll be evident whether or not your life is truly manifesting and displaying the characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. You say, well, what are those? What does that look like? Well, Paul the Apostle gives us a very clear picture of what the fruit of the Spirit actually looks like. And he said in verse 22 in Galatians chapter 5, he said, but when the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, notice, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those will be the fruits. Those will be the behaviors. Those will be the character qualities and characteristics that everybody will be able to see because that's what will separate you from the way others live out their, their lives. That will be the way that people will see what it is that's different about you, that's different from the norm, 
There's something about you. Rather than seeing people who are filled with so much hate, you know what? There's a spirit of love that seems to be manifested in everything that you are around because you're loving God to the point to where your love relationship with him just simply spills over into your love for other people. There will be a joy. In other words, listen, you're just happy. There's a joy that comes from the inside. While other people are are maybe depressed and discouraged and defeated, as far as you're concerned, there's just a joy that just comes from the Spirit of God Himself that guards your heart and your mind and allows you to also be at peace. You know, if you're worried and you're stressed and you're you're all worked up and, man, you're anxious about so many things as far as the uncertainties of life, well, chances are you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to have complete control over your thoughts and your mind. Why? Because our thoughts determine our emotions and our emotions controls how we actually live out our lives. Are you an impatient person? Are you an unkind person? Listen, is there a sense of goodness and decency about everything that you do? Is that the reputation that you have with other people? Is there a loyalty and a faithfulness about you when it comes to your friendships with people? Or are you guilty of walking out on people or gossiping about people or tearing other people down? Is there a sense of self-control? You see, all of these characteristics I'm talking about, these are the character qualities of the Holy Spirit himself. And here's the key. Jesus was all of those things wrapped up in one. And here's the thing. It is impossible to live the Christian life, but you can allow Jesus to live his life through you when we allow the Holy Spirit, God himself, who lives and indwells inside of us, to produce those kinds of fruits that we are not capable of doing on our own. You see, what did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can't do anything. So that's the reason why it's impossible to live the Christian life. I said last week, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, my brother wrote in my Bible these words, I'll never forget it. He said, giving your life to Jesus will be the easiest thing you'll ever do. But he said, living for Jesus will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. And I have found that, that, that statement to be so very true. So what is the definition of being filled with the Spirit or perhaps living this Spirit-filled life? If you could summarize it in a statement, well, here's how I would define or maybe answer that question of what the Spirit-filled life is all about. And here it is. It is a continual awareness of God's presence and being totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit's power to flow through us. Let me just say this today, that if you're watching and maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, Rodney, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I can honestly say, man, I don't know that my life is really being characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. If that's the sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't know that I can honestly say that all nine virtues of the fruit of the Spirit are, are really being lived out through my life. I'm not so sure that I have that kind of consistency in my life. I don't know that I necessarily even have the, the courage or the strength or the boldness to, to walk out my faith and to live out my faith and even be a witness 
to other people? Well, here are three things that you can do. Because once again, we're filled one time. We are baptized one time when the Holy Spirit's presence takes up residence in our hearts. But because of the relationship that we have with Jesus and through His Spirit that lives inside of us, we are to walk and we are to consistently abide in Him. In other words, we are to practice His presence day by day, moment by moment, where His thoughts are our thoughts, His desires are our desires, where He controls our thoughts, He influences our emotions, and ultimately He empowers our behavior. So it's no longer us, but it's Him who's living His life through us. So if you want that, and we can all get there, but if you want that, here's what you need to do. The first thing you need to do is you need to confess your sin. That's it. Just simply call it for what it is. Confess to God that you have let Him down. Confess to God that maybe you have been guilty of saying things or doing things that, that, that maybe has maybe grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, in 1 John 1, 9, you need to understand that God is faithful and reliable, the Scripture says. And if we confess our sins, He, is, he forgives them. And the, listen to this. And He cleanses us from everything we've done wrong. Isn't that good to know that even as Christians, when we fall and we fail and we, and we listen, we embarrass ourselves and we, we, you know, we, we fall short of God's expectations for our lives, aren't you grateful He's the God of second chances? Aren't you thankful that He's always there to pick us right back up? Aren't you thankful that, listen, He believes in us and he, all, all He wants to do is He just wants to help us be in control of our lives. The second thing is that we have to die to self. So we got to confess our sin. we got to get ourselves clean, become empty, pure, and clean vessels so that we die to ourselves daily. What did Paul, the apostle, say? He said in Galatians 2.20, he said, My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ, and it's no, no longer, he, he no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Isn't that powerful? So we've got to come, listen, we've got to become desperate to the place where we are surrendering our mind, our will, our emotions, everything, and we are literally making it into submission to Jesus Christ. And then all we have to do is just ask God. We simply just need to ask for his power. And I'll close with this because I love what 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15 says. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything, notice, that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So if we know it pleases God to live a spirit-filled life, then all we have to do is ask him for his power to be manifested in our lives, where his power is not only in us, but flows through us so, long, so that it's no longer me. Because listen, if I can't, he can live his life 
through me. And that same principle is true for you. So today, be encouraged and be reminded that we can't live this Christian life on our own, but Christ can live His life through us and supernaturally we can live in victory and we can have confidence and we can be effective in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ when we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to do those things we could never accomplish on our own. Would you join me in a word of prayer? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I just want to say that if you're a follower of Jesus and you have a relationship with Him, maybe you need to do those three things. Maybe you just need to confess your sin. Admit to God. Just tell Him right now areas in your life that maybe you've gotten distracted. You've put other things before God. Maybe you've fallen into some temptations. Maybe you just need to admit what it is and confess it to God. And then die to yourself. Come to that place where you are desperate, where you are, you ad, you're admitting that you are helpless and hopeless. There's nothing you can do apart from your total dependency upon Jesus himself. And then just simply ask for God's supernatural power to enable you to do what you could never do on your own. And if you're maybe watching for the first time today and you're unclear about where you stand with God and your relationship with him, can I invite you to do what I did when I was 18? Just take that step of faith. Put your trust in Him and allow Him to be your Lord and your Savior. And I help you. You can pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I turn from my sin. And Today, by faith, I'm believing that Jesus died. He arose again for me. And today, I'm putting my faith and my trust in Him to be my Lord and Savior. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, would you do me a favor? Would you click, if you're watching on our website, the words, I decided, just click that button there, or you can put in the chat column there, just put, I decided. You can also text the words, RTL, I decided. And we would encourage you to fill out that form, and then let us send you a little booklet that we've put together that will help you and encourage you so that you can get started on the right path in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, hey, we can't wait to experience, listen, worship with you once again next week for part three of this series that we're calling Ignite, How to Live the Spirit-Filled Life. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.